Hello and welcome to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal. This is the podcast for the side cash hustler. If you want insights, real life experience from people just like you on how they started creating side income, you are in the right place. Documented experiences of people creating a few hundred dollars to extra tens of thousands of dollars a month. Make sure to subscribe and review. This means more than you know. Also, feel free to check us out at selfreliantwealth.com. Before we jump into the episode, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Welcome back to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is episode number 44. This will be the final interview with Mike McKnight, the major crazy ultra runner. Without further ado, let's just jump right back into the episode and finish this out. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I love that. And you know, on the flip side of that is, is the failure aspect. And people are like, well, what is failure? Like failure is bad, right? And I think there's really two types of failure. Failure in the fact that you learn. Because I'm sure you've had moments, especially in your running career, where you feel as though you're a failure because you didn't complete the race in the time you wanted to or this, that, or the other. But there's two types. And there's the one where you fail and you stop and you die essentially, right? Because you just quit. And then there's yeah. the failure that's like, Hey, that's a learning experience. That's what I'm not going to do next time. And I'm going to do better next time because I'm not going to do what I did last time. Yep. <laughs> and I think, yeah. And we think that's like a super, you know, relevant cause too to, to the scenario you're in where it's just like, man, you keep pushing, keep going and keep directing. And that's what the purpose is. Yeah. And so, even if I, uh, no, no, you go, man, roll with it. I was just going to say like, even if I, you know, stop running in the next couple of years, but you know, because I found that I love biking or something like that. Like, you know, just because you stop one thing and move to the other thing, that doesn't mean you gave up on it. Like, you know, if that's what ended up happening, I don't think it will cause I love what I do, but if that is what ended up happening, like, you know, I could always just say that running was the gateway into biking. So like, you know, even if things change and even if your heart goes somewhere else, like, you know, wherever you end up is usually from the blocks that, you know, are set up for you in the past. Like, you know, everything happens for a reason and wherever you're heading, like the things you're doing now are directing you towards that. I love that, man. Cause it really is like you, <clears throat> we are defined and we are created through our experience, right? We are developed and we are forged and we are, built into these amazing people that all have a story that all have this light to share. And it's those experiences that make us that much stronger. And it give a, it gives us that much more of a story to be able to share and, and touch and lift others in, in ways that, you know, are unimaginable. I mean, think about, dude, seriously, I think about you and what you do with running. Like that's like, it's for the average person, that's the impossible, right? You are accomplishing the impossible. And you mentioned it earlier where people look at you like, yeah, sure. I don't believe you. Like you just ran 200 mile race. And I mean, doing that, it just shows you that there is no limitation on what we can do, you know, and, and whether that's just providing for your family or being the best father or husband or, you know, building a job or a business or career or just finding a passion and a hobby. It's like, you can grow to new heights and beyond everything, every, anything you ever imagined if you just put your mindset to it and you have the drive and the desire and you make that decision to actually go out and accomplish. 
So I've got two more questions for you. The first one, what would you say, and this is kind of like a two-part question. So the first part would be, what is the greatest lesson you have learned from running? And the second part of that question would be, what is the greatest obstacle you've overcome? And I think you've probably already touched on it with your back, but you know, maybe there's something else that's, that goes along with that. So part one is, uh, what's the greatest lesson learned? Part two is the greatest obstacle that you've overcome. Um, so yeah, the greatest, I'll start with the obstacle. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't have to add too much to it, but it definitely was my back. Um, you know, when you have, you know, medically professional, when you have professional doctors telling you to stay in bed, to not run for months, when you have your parents and I mean, I don't blame them for like encouraging me to stay in bed because they cared about me. And like, you know, the doctor told me to. So, you know, when I had my doctor, when I had my parents telling me to not run, when I had like no schedule, um, I just, when I was just in, just when I just had nothing going for me, it felt like, like it, it was, and I think about this every day, like how, I, where I'd be right now if I didn't push through that, but like, you know, I had all that going against me, but I still pushed through it and, you know, still overcame that. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was definitely overcoming, breaking my back. And I'm sure, you know, if I was to ask you that question, that would be high up on your list as well. <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. I mean, I think that was one of the biggest, just physical, mental, emotional. I mean, dude, that's like trauma in all senses of feeling and emotion. Yeah. And you, it takes a lot to be able to overcome something like that, where, you know, for me, it was like you, you know, at the beginning, they didn't know if I was going to walk again. They didn't know if I was going to be, you know, paraplegic. Yeah. They didn't know if I was going to die. Like it was kind of dicey there for a minute. And it was the same deal, man. It was just like, okay, I'm freaking, all I know, like once I, was coherent enough to realize what the heck was going on after the surgeries. I was like, all I know is I'm getting out of this dang hospital. And that's my number one goal. Cause I hate this place. Like get me out of here. What do yeah. I have to do? And it was those mini goals. Like, you know, first it was just sit up and then it was stand up and then it was, you know, walk two steps and then it was walk around the room. And then it was, okay, you got to go down the hall and around the whole hall and then up and down stairs. And then you can leave. And I was like, perfect let's go game <laughs> it's game on like get, like, get yeah. me going here get me out of this stupid bed yeah and you know from that point man I think I learned so much from that lesson and it's I don't know about you but for me it was one of those things where you know I look back and it's like if I could take that experience away I don't think I would because of the amount that I learned and grew from it and you know if you're like I am I still have effects from that and I still hurt my body still hurts, but at the end of the day, like I do what I love. And so there's no reason to complain or to doubt or to think negatively about it. Because in those few moments, it's like for the few moments of pain, the life that I get to live now is so worth it. Definitely. I feel a hundred percent the same as you. (laughs) That's a crazy, it's a whirlwind. All right. So how about lesson? What's the greatest lesson you've learned? So there's a lot of them. Um, and I'm trying to think of something I can say that I haven't already touched on tonight. Like, obviously there's the, 
you know, you can overcome anything. There, there's right. lessons like that that you learn with every race almost. Um, but I think um, up there on that list is it's important to not let um, yourself um, ever talk you out of something, if that makes sense. So, like, I mean, looking back throughout all of my life, um, and I don't know if you remember much about how I looked when I was in Toronto, but um, I, I was never up before I got to Toronto and even into Toronto. Like if someone was to look at pictures of how I looked back then, they'd never would have thought that I would be a runner. <laughs> I was, I was a little overweight. <laughs> um, I like, I hated physical activity. I remember some of my friends took me mountain biking um, for the first time. There was five of us and we didn't even get a mile into this bike ride <laughs> and I stopped and I said, guys, if we turn around and go back right now, I'll buy you all dinner. <laughs> and so <laughs> what they did, I took them out to dinner that night. We, I got out of biking. Like I hated physical activity. Um, and you know, I, I got made fun of a lot because of what my body looked like. And, um, you know, so there are times when you can convince yourself um, whether it's just yourself convincing yourself or listening to the negative impact that others are, are having on you. But, you know, don't ever believe yourself if you, if you're telling you, don't ever believe yourself if you are trying to, man, I'm having a hard time with this. <laughs> don't ever believe yourself um, if you, and I'm losing my train of thought. Just like the story that you tell yourself is that the direction you're going? Don't believe the story that you tell yourself about. Yeah, like if you think, if you think you know yourself, all right, this is better. If you think you know yourself, um, be be ready to be surprised. Um, if you think that you can't do something, be ready to be surprised. Um, don't ever think that you know yourself a hundred percent, especially if it's in a negative light, because going back to how I was in, you know, in high school and middle school, you know, if I visited myself back in high school and said, Hey, you're going to be running 200 miles in 10 years, I would not believe that in a heartbeat. Um, so don't ever think that just because you're in a situation right now that you can't get to a different situation in the future. I think that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> no, I love it. Your current situation. Um, don't ever think that you're stuck in that. Um, because, you know, when I'm out in the middle of a race, when I'm up on top of a peak in one of my training runs, um, it's pretty humbling to, to just kind of look at my surroundings and think, you know, if I, if I followed what I thought my destiny was, um, if I kept playing video games every Saturday, if I, you know, kept eating all those donuts, like my life could be very different right now. Um, so don't, don't ever fall into that. I love that. That's perfect. Perfectly way to say it. Okay. So I lied. I have one more question for you and then the last question. So who is your biggest competitor? For running? For you. Oh, for me in general. Who is your biggest competitor? And I, maybe I should give you a little more clarification on that. So you have in running, you have other people, you're like, you're competing against the clock, you're competing against, you know, other runners. But at the end of the day, 
the biggest competition that you have is yourself, right? And like right. Mentally, you're always right. pushing yourself. What is that inner that what has that inner dialogue been for you to just be like, this competition is not a competition. Like you are going to take the lead and you're going to make it happen instead of having this negative competition. Does that make sense? That's a terrible question, but I think you so, get where I'm going with it. Are you asking what my dialogue's like? Yeah. Cause you're, okay. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, right. You have that, you are your biggest competition. You're your biggest critic. Right. And it goes along with what you just talked about, but what, how has that dialogue been for you and how have you been able to overcome and just be like, no, I'm going like, I know where I'm okay. going. So, I mean, I'm, I mean, you can ask my wife this. I'm, I'm a complainer. <laughs> like I, I'm not afraid to like, I don't ever try to hide how I'm feeling. Um, you know, there's, I, um, so just to give a quick little, um, preference into like what I'm about to say, but in an ultra running, you have people who are called your pacers. You don't have to have them, but you can. And what they are is, you know, there's also aid stations every eight to 12 miles. And if you want to have a pacer, they can meet you at one aid station and then they can run with you for as long as they want to and go to an aid station down the road and, and stop. And so the purpose of your pacer is, um, you know, to give you company, to make sure you're not in danger, um, to push you through those hard times. And so I remember like at one of these races, I had a pacer, um, a good friend of mine, and I convinced him, I convinced him, I convinced myself that I was done running for the rest of my life because of how miserable I felt. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, I also, it was during one of the two hundreds, I convinced him that at the next aid station, I was going to stop. I convinced him and I convinced myself that, you know, cause he knows I, I, I'm not shy about telling people how bad I felt about that one DNF that I had. So, you know, he knew that if I did quit, I'd beat myself up about it, but I convinced him and I convinced myself that I wouldn't feel bad about this, that this is an exception that, you know, I really needed to quit. And so him and I were both convinced of it. We got to the next aid station. My wife was there and, you know, same thing. I was just like, Hey, don't try and talk me out of this. I'm quitting. I'm done. You can ask Spencer. He, he believes me I'm done. And so, you know, he's like, yeah, I think he is done. And he seems okay about it, but she, she pulled me aside and yeah, I mean, I was, <laughs> she, she, she got me crying. Um, and, <laughs> and the thing that stunk sucked about this is, you know, the company I worked for made a video about this, these three, two hundreds. And so I'm sitting there in a chair <laughs> crying and a camera just sitting right there next to my face not giving me any kind of space <laughs> and so I'm crying I'm miserable I'm trying to convince everybody that I'm done um but you know my wife just sits there staring at me for 30 minutes and you know she convinced me otherwise and I kept going and you know I'll always always be grateful for her for that moment but like so yeah, that was just a roundabout way of me saying that I am a complainer, that my dialogue is pretty convincing to myself if I'm really miserable, if I really want to quit. Um, so for two things, um, one I already covered, it's important to have people in your life that understand your goals. If my wife wasn't there, if she didn't know that even though I was convinced I wouldn't be upset if I quit, she knew I would be upset. And so she didn't take, you know, my complaining, she's made sure that the only way I was leaving that aid station was on my feet and not in the car with her. So she understood my goals. She talked me out of it. She talked me through it and I kept going. 
So it's important when you're having those dialogues with yourself to have a really good support system, whether it be family, friends, coworkers, whatever, you got to make sure that you have people there to talk you through um, low moments like that. And then when I'm out in the middle of a trail and I don't have the convenience of my wife to talk me out of it, um, I think it's just a little bit of everything that I've already said, like, you know, if it's not too low and I haven't convinced myself out of it, reminding myself that I am going to regret quitting. Um, and if it has gotten to that spot where I am like done and I don't have anyone there to talk me out of it, the, the nice thing about these races is even though I feel I'm done, I could be in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and so I can't be done. So I have to keep going to that next aid station and Nine times out of the 10, by the time I get to that next aid station, my low spot's gone and I'm able to keep going. And so I think a way that you could relate that to life is, you know, if you don't have a support system around you and you're really ready to give up, I think it's important to just tell yourself, well, and this is going back to, you know, making sure you have goals set for yourself. But if you're at a low spot and you want to stop, just having that dialogue with yourself and saying, well, if I keep working for another couple of days, I'll get to this next checkpoint and we'll see how I'm feeling then. Um, so I, I hope that answered your question. This is awesome. Love it. And it's a perfect segue into this final question. And this is one that I love asking because every answer is so different, uh, but there are similarities. And the question is, if you were told today that you had one day left to live, what what would you leave behind as your legacy? What would you share with your family, your friends? Like what would be that one piece of just heartfelt, genuine, authentic, you value legacy advice? What would that be? It's a really tough question. <laughs> if I was to, okay. Um, <clears throat> I would want, you know, especially for my wife and my son, um, I would want them to know that a life that's not lived with, um, a life that's not lived with passion, a life that's not lived with, with difficulty and overcoming those difficulties is not much of a life at all. That, you know, going back to what you said, um, even though breaking my back was really miserable, um, yeah, I, I firmly believe my life would be a lot different right now if that didn't happen. And, you know, it's impossible to determine this, but I feel that my life wouldn't be as rewarding as it is right now. Cause I'm almost certain that I wouldn't be into ultra running. Um, I'm almost certain that I wouldn't have the position that I have in terms of my job, which I love. Um, so you know, I want my family to know that, you know, even if difficult things come towards them, that that's just a part of life. It's easier to accept that. Um, and to not, you know, to not have a life of like hiding from that, to, to embrace it, to, to get out there and, you know, yeah, there's dangers, but there's also, you know, there's also really amazing things. Um, so I, I don't know if that's answering your question, but I, 
you know, I, I would really encourage my family to, to just get out there and to, to not waste any time that, that this life has a lot of amazing things to offer and that they should embrace that. Dude, I love that. I was perfectly put. Well, if someone wanted to connect with you, they want to learn about ultra running or, you know, just learn about you a little bit more. What's the best way to connect with you? Um, Facebook or Facebook or Instagram. Um, on Facebook, um, I've changed my name. It's, uh, Michael John McKnight. Um, and you could just, yeah, I, I can receive messages on Facebook without being friends with, with people. So, you know, you can message me on Facebook, Michael John McKnight. And then my Instagram name is dirty Mike, uh, 89. <laughs> so you can reach out to me on that as well. Um, and then if you are a runner, uh, you know, any ultra sponsored event, um, I'll most likely be at that. Um, so you could always come talk to me there. Um, but in terms of media, uh, Facebook or Instagram. Awesome, dude. I love that. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today. I, I really feel that this has been a super valuable episode and dude, I've learned a ton, you know I mean? I've learned a ton about you. I've learned a ton just about me, you know, personally. I mean, in some of the conversations I'm just thinking, you know, internally about, man, like this is really good stuff. Like, you know, it just pushes me to want to get better and, and want to become the best that I can be. And who knows, maybe one day I'll, I'll even attempt to uh, run a race with you. I can't believe yes. I just said that on this podcast because now <laughs> I have to be held to it. So yes. you know, there we go. But uh, no, man, I really do appreciate you taking your time and, you know, being willing to share because you have a lot of great insight and a lot of great value. Well, thank um, you for having me. Absolutely, man. Before we wrap up, is there any final words that you'd like to leave? I think I said most of what I was feeling. Um, you know, I, yeah, I feel like I said most of what I was feeling. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, with that, we will conclude this episode. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Wealth Reliance podcast. As always, uh, you can check out selfreliantwealth.com to check, check out more and just learn who we are and what we do. Um, you can also view this video uh, on YouTube, just on our Self Reliant Wealth channel. Uh, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really does help more than you know. So with that, thank you so much, Mike, and appreciate your time, and we'll catch you all later. Thank you. Are you ready to learn how you can take your life and your business to the next level? Learn how you can create side income and have different assets pay for your life and your lifestyle? Tune in next week to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is Dave Deal signing out. Thank you so much and have a great week.